Welcome. You're listening to Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the podcast that pulls back the curtains in your mind. We like to shed a little light on why you're thinking what you're thinking. Everyone has a choice in life, in what and how they think. Together, we're going to focus on high-functioning habits. There is no more time to live with any sort of regret. Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, the inspirational podcast for the inspired. Let's get into today's show with your host, Shelley R. Shearer. Hello, world. Shelley Shearer here and welcome to the show. It is December. It's my favorite time. I love Christmas. And despite the fact that I live in a country that's basically telling me that Christmas is canceled and I can't see my granddaughter and loved ones, it's like, yeah, whatever. It's, uh, you know what, some of us just need to recognize that that reality doesn't have to be our reality. It's just that someone else's reality, I'm not buying into it. And carry on and I'll just see how it plays out. But uh, yeah, very interesting times. And one of those things, uh, things that's resulting in these interesting times is some of us are going through some real growth. And if you're with me on this one, you'll you'll understand. And if not, then let me give you some of my examples and uh, and see where that might lead you. Now, I've spoken many times on the fact that emotions follow thought. And if you don't believe me and you're wondering what I'm speaking about, please bring up a memory, something that is uh, uncomfortable from your childhood or in any time of your life and tell me, how that makes you feel. Bring up a sad thought, a memory, and let me know if you feel sad. Bring up some place where you had trauma and let me know if you feel hurt and anxiety. Uh, bring up the death of someone and let me know if you feel sad. The emotion comes after you've had the thought, which is why when we're grieving, and as my regular listeners know, I lost my father a couple of weeks ago, um, and I lost my dog back in March. These are two deaths in my life that are sort of first for me, first, first kind of traumatic, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Loss. That's sorry. Thank you. Losses, uh, that I'd never experienced before. I, you know, my dog had it for 15 years. She was my constant companion. I didn't know you could love a creature that much. My, I'm a daddy's girl. My father, although has been sick for years and his death is not devastating to me because I've come really come to a different place in my life about this now when I think on it then I sit and cry but that is how you're able to not spend all day crying because is because eventually new memories and life experiences um, come into our short-term memory banks and into our lives and then we have to pull those other memories forward in order to experience that grief and and I hear what I say you pull the memory forward to experience the grief. Okay. And that is what I want to talk about today because I want to talk about how we can change the emotional response by changing how we experience the memory somewhat. So lots of little things have come across my desk this uh, last few months, a lot going on. I've, you know, be dealing with some chronic pain, death of decline of my father, then his death. My mom's memory issues, uh, I, I truly believe, I'll use her as an example, buy into this sort of theory of mine because she has short-term memory loss really badly. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how long she's going to be able to live on her own, but it is quite frightening and kind of unexpected because it came on really quickly. Like in six months, uh, she has declined faster than my dad did in a couple of years. So the question is, will it continue to decline like him 
Or is the short-term memory loss going to be sort of how she stays for quite a while and can still experience other great things in life? She just won't remember any of it. So she doesn't remember when I take her for lunch and she doesn't remember. It's really sad because she doesn't remember when we do nice things for her. Uh, and then she gets a little bitchy. <laughs> she's My sister's really struggling right now because my mom, that sarcasm and judgment that's been part of her personality her whole life is not lessened because she's old and has memory loss. In fact, the frustration of that memory loss is driving those behaviors to be stronger and more apparent and driving my sister a little crazy. I am finding it very interesting because whereas my mom triggered me for 35 years, I allowed her to trigger me and now I'm in observation mode. My sister accepted the way my mom was for 35 years and now she's in reaction mode. So we've sort of swapped, swapped seats and I kind of spend some of my time letting her vent and calming her down going, okay, sweetie, breathe. <laughs> you need to breathe. Uh, so I was just, I was just noticing this the other day as we were comparing notes and she goes, you are just so calm about her. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I have a different point of view now than I used to. So how do we change that? Well, part of the, the learning is to learn that time is not linear. That is something that is a construct that we have been taught, that we get on this path and we just keep moving forward. So there's our past behind us, our future in front of us, and we're in the now. And I'm not discounting the ability to practice, like Eckhart Tolle teaches, being in the now. Reason being is we get so consumed with our past. In my case, I wasn't consumed by my past any longer, but I still allowed it to hurt me and I allowed it to, to allow my deductive reasoning to be affected by it. I tend to obsess about the future, worry about it. What, what is this? Is there going to be money for that? Is it good? You know what? My needs have already always been met. Some years I can travel, some years I can't. I spent years raising my son on a very tight budget. I do not have regret about my life with him that I wasn't able to travel all over the world because I have traveled in places all over the world in my lifetime. The experiences are all there now for me to re-experience in the now. But one of the things I've had to learn to accept is one, to understand that emotions follow thought. So I need to control the process there in order to not let go of things that I want to have good memories of. So for instance, let me, let me show you this or explain this. I'm missing traveling right now, badly, because it's time that we would normally be on a cruise ship, like right now, or just coming home from one. And I live in a country where in a month it is going to be dark every day at four o'clock in the afternoon, because I live, excuse me, in the Northern Hemisphere in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, above the 49th parallel. And uh, yeah, and then the longest day of the year will happen in January, the shortest day of the year will happen, and then our days will start getting longer, and within three months, we will be light to 10 o'clock at night, which I know a lot of people don't experience either. So we, we have, that's our offset, okay? We get this four hours of darkness uh, all winter long, extra darkness, but in the summer we get these two to three hours of extra light. Uh, so you know what? There's always a little give and take, isn't there? So right now I'm missing traveling. I'm thinking, how do I get out of the cold, the rain, the darkness, and get on a beach with a pina colada? doesn't seem to be working in my favor with the government lockdowns. So what I've been doing is I've been bringing my memories of the cruises forward. And I'm so glad we did the cruising the last three years. Um, the, the prior year, it was a financial stretch. In fact, we didn't quite make it. 
and I was thinking about having regret about spending that money and my family gives me a rough time about it. Well, now let me rephrase that. My sister gives me a rough time about it. But that's just something playing out in her mind about something else. So I, I leave that alone. I do not engage in that. But I'm really grateful that we did it now because I really enjoy cruising. Like I love it. And I love being on the beaches and I love snorkeling. I love getting dressed up for dinner every night. I just love it. Um, flirting with the waiters. If, if my girlfriend uh, said, if you can make it, if, if a straight woman can, a straight middle-aged woman can make a gay man blush, you've had a good night. And I, I laughed. I hope no one's offended by that comment. But uh, we just had these spectacular young men looking after us on the last cruise. And we ended up dining at the same table every night, which we don't normally do on some of our cruises, but it was the smaller ship. So we were together and thought, you know what? Let's just, let's just stay there. So we did. And we, we booked our reservations every night at the same table with the same crew. So the guys used to joke and wait for us to come in because they were like, just waiting to see what you three ladies are wearing tonight. <laughs> so, you know, it's great fun. I know it's not every woman's thing or every man's thing. And don't think for a second that we didn't fight with our men to get out of their, you know, sh T-shirts and jeans. But it's like, too bad. Get dressed. And formal night. It's like, for the love of God, put a tie on, please. It's called formal night for a reason. But, um, but we enjoy our fun. Now... Let's get back to the memories. I bring those memories forward into my life right now and I play with them. I feel them, it's tactile, and it's just like I was there yesterday. Now, as we age, we start to have this realization that our memories is like, guys, sometimes you have to think and go, oh, that was 20 years ago, but really in your memory, it's current. The fun part of some of the learning I'm doing right now is I accept that now, it is current. I don't care that something was whenever it was I don't treat it like it's I've lost track I embrace now and say my life is my current experiences current and to date and I will experience them and play in them and I use the word wallow but not in a negative sense anytime I feel like it and then I control the emotion that's happening afterwards and how do I do that by accepting that one Time is not linear, linear, sorry. Uh, it is, I like to think of it more, it was described in a, I was watching a show, it was described like a vast, flat surface, like a lake, and that is time. And we can, we can manipulate it in certain ways and can experience it in a more all-encompassing um, way. And I really like that because it's really helped me deal in my life. So one, we're in lockdown right now in this world. It uh, doesn't matter whether you think it's justified or not. That's not the point of this podcast. It's just about the fact that we are. And there's certain things that right at this point, we cannot fight because in, especially in my country and in lots of other countries, there are police and stuff out there ready to punish you and physically hurt you. Uh, I've seen it on the news and it's, it's really quite devastating what's happening and people abusing their power. And I sometimes wonder, just as a little segue, if some of these people, these little people that are enjoying their, their power trip, these, how they're going to live in the world after. Maybe they just feel that there won't be an after, that they won't be ruling, but I truly believe there will be. This darkness will come to an end as far as I'm concerned. And so many of these people that are abusing their power um, or just quote-unquote following orders, they're going to be shunned by the rest of society. And it breaks my heart. But that's a whole different topic. That's a whole different topic. 
So back to our how we see things, and who knows, maybe practicing this will make things better in the future when we have to relive this in our minds or in our memories. So accepting that time is is a construct that we have created as mankind and that is really not this linear line, just like dimensional thinking and things like that. Well, if everything is current for me, I mean, just picture old people that sit around and reminisce, okay? There you go. Listening to your grandparents, great-grandparents. Well, I remember when. Uh, but if you accept that about yourself, about, about time, then, and you have done work on yourself to heal how you allowed things to hurt you and have accepted that life is for you and not done to you, and you know that so many things in your life were just lessons and not pain to be relived over and over and over again. That is not the purpose of lessons, guys. And unfortunately, that is how we as human beings and our subconscious and our egos tend to control the environments around us and the fact that we relive it and relive the pain. Then we get addicted to that pain. And then our brains actually, here's some scientific stuff for you, uh, neurophysics, hardwire into that reaction. So it has been a real tough year for me, unhinging or unhooking that addiction for me in my brain. I was addicted to pain. And I would get addicted, I was addicted to the reaction I would have with the pain I allowed my family to cause me and the feelings that I felt, because I was always in reaction mode with them, not observation mode, wasn't understanding that they were put here to teach me the lessons I needed to learn to become the person I am today in order to help all of you to be, have this message, to be this person. So if you can do those things first, and I've got lots of podcasts on it and um, can coach on it, so just reach out to me or whatever you need. There are people out there that can help you through that first step. Because I, I think that needs to happen first. I think you do need to accept a little bit that life happens for you. Uh, I've accepted it big time. I'm not sure if a little bit will help, but I think it will because I personally believe once you've opened your mind to the possibility, then you've created a crack in the wall and that water is going to keep streaming through until that crack gets bigger and eventually the dam just bursts. And that's just all part of our journey and our growth. So now that I've accepted that in my life, then it's easier for me now to accept the concept that time is not a line and that there's not things necessarily behind me and, and before me, if you're talking about Joe Dispenza's work, he talks about envisioning the life that you want like you've already achieved it, like those are things you've already done or already experienced. Well, that is no different. You're going to bring forward the memory from the future, except the memory is not the right word, isn't it, right? You're going to bring forward the experience from the future into your current existence, no different than I'm going to pull up a memory from the past into my current existence. The trick here is I'm going to do these things now and experience them in real time like they have happened, just happened, already have happened, as, as in with the future, and choose how I react to them emotionally. So for me right now, even when I bring up pain, what used to be painful things from my past, I don't have the same emotional attachment or reaction to them because I'm simply remembering them for the fact of what was the lesson I learned. And with the new awareness of, oh, Maybe that person didn't necessarily mean that the way I thought. Now, this is where it kind of triggered for me. I have a dear friend in the neighborhood, and she's really having a tough time reacting to certain people around her, how they're reacting to her posts on Facebook and things like that. And listening to her 
is like listening to myself a year ago a little bit. Because when she's bitching and complaining or venting, she likes to call it, and I have no problem with this. I mean, she's my friend, letting her blow off steam. Her language, though, has a lot of assumptions. So when she sees someone react, she reads it. Then she does this whole extrapolation story on how they are feeling. She has no clue how they're feeling. She has no clue what they truly meant by the comment. But she makes up the story. We do it. It's human. What I'm finding interesting is that I can see it so clearly now that I've been working on myself. I would have just bought right into the story and as a friend either agreed with her or if I really felt that, no, I, there might have been two ways to take that. Would have said, what could it have been this? Should you go clarify? So my old way of thinking from my older way of thinking was clarification. You should go and ask that person if they truly meant this, that, or the next thing, or go talk to your family, blah, blah, blah. Now I've taken it a step further and I just don't write the story in the first place. I observe it and I think, hmm, interesting. Now either the negative of what I thought, I thought they could be thinking will come true and I'll observe that or it won't at all because I would have been wrong in the first place and it was, that wasn't what they were thinking at all. But it's all perspective and it's all how I take it. So it was just very interesting listening to her the other day and it's like, wow, listening, as I'm listening to her talk, I became so aware of the story she was telling herself. Very fascinating. Very, very fascinating. And I even, I mean, we all do it. I find myself doing it. And I also find myself listening to friends that I know that are very awake, very aware, still sometimes slip into that storytelling. Well, they are blanked at a blank. Mm, you don't know that for a fact. That's just you thinking that. Okay. I talked about this a lot about six or seven months ago on the podcast. So this is for my regular listeners. This will be bringing back some, oh yeah, hmm, hopefully some little bells are going off for you right now. That's right. That's just, is that just me thinking that? Is that really happening? And there's really no way to say yes or no, because that really can apply in pretty much every area of your life constantly and consistently. So it's, it's hard to say. What's been fun though is bringing f memories in from the big open vastness of the lake that surrounds me, that is my life, that is in is my mind and experiencing them. And I really go into detail now because I'm not allowing emotions to cloud the memory necessarily. I'm just experiencing the, right down to the detail of sitting at the table with the white linens in front of me and putting the cheese onto my cheese plate and deciding whether I want a glass of wine or not that night and whether Keith's already got me one or whether I'm ordering what I want or going through the wine list. I'm there. It is tactile for me. I've actually got my eyes closed right now and I'm literally just sitting on the last ship that we were on. I'm at that dining room table right this minute laughing with my friends. I can smell my husband's aftershave um, because he forgot not to put it on, forgetting that my girlfriend gets migraines from it because we always laugh every trip. It's like, don't pack, just honey, don't even pack your aftershave. You can't wear it when Shark is around. I don't even pack my perfume anymore if I'm traveling with her because what's the point? <laughs> or if I pack it, it's only for the nights I go out with Keith for dinner alone or we do, I can't wear it to the dinner table. She will literally have a migraine with an hour and the whole night will be ruined. So we've kind of all got these little things. So I'm just, I can see this and it's like, I've gotten after him clearly in the room before we left. Why were you wearing that? Don't hug our girlfriend if you get to. It's, it's kind of funny how we, we walk through all these little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dances uh, in our lives. So what I'm having fun with is pulling memories forward. 
and enjoying them. Uh, feeling them, tasting them, hearing them, experiencing them, then letting them go. I'm not emotionally attached to them. I'm not having a subconscious reaction to them other than the, the bit of joy that the memory probably brought me at the time. Bringing sadder memories forward. Yes, if I bring my dad's memory right forward right now and I imagine him lying there on that in that bed at the home, uh, in, his, in his home, and he has passed away. And I have a picture of it, in fact, which some people might find a bit morbid. But just before he died, my little puppy ran into the room, jumped up on the bed, and laid herself on top of his belly and, uh, and licked his face and then laid down on his arm. It was the cutest little thing. And he was just lying there dying. Well, she was removed and put outside for a while. And after the family had been there when my dad passed away and we cleared the room, I came back in to spend just a long time with his to see if his spirit had lingered or whatever had gone on but with his body and the dog snuck back in the house and she jumped up in the bed she went up and kissed daddy's face and then she curled up against his his chest and went to sleep with the corpse i know that may sound a little weird to some of you but guys there was really nothing weird about it animals are very empathic beings if you remember i watched the lion king last night on disney i the new one that's kind of supposed to be like real life and cgi together uh, I had never finished watching it, and I'd never watched it before when it came out with my granddaughter. And, of course, the scene is there when Simba finds his father dead in the gully. Um, he goes and he lies down with the body, and that happens in nature all the time. And you see it in children, too, and there's been horrific stories. And someone's died at home. A child will curl up by the parent and stay with the dead parent because um, they don't know any better. And there's some sort of an attachment there. Well, the dog sensed it immediately, and she just curled up with him, and so I had my phone in my pocket I just quickly popped a picture and it was the strangest thing to see that and to see that piece and she whined for a minute uh, and she only usually whines when she has to go to the washroom but she whined for a second in the back of her throat looked at me and then laid down uh, uh, okay maybe she was there also for me as well not just him very very strange it, it just so very very strange so when I can bring that memory forward I don't actually, I can realize now, I'm not going to cry with that memory because it's actually quite a happy moment or it's a contentment moment, not happy. My moments when I cry about my dad or the previous months, see there, when he was suffering so much while he was still alive, those memories bring an emotion of, of hurt and pain for me. But it doesn't necessarily make it bad. It's just that's where my sadness is attached, Okay. So one of the things you might want to consider is recognize where your emotions are attached, where your sadness is attached, your anger, your righteousness, you know, whatever that might be, try and recognize where it's attaching to your memories. So when I look back now on my father doing things in my life that I thought were very unfair, you know, he disowned me twice when I was younger, he kicked me out of the house two different times. Uh, he disowned me when he found out I was pregnant and I wasn't married to my, to my uh, ex-husband and we were just engaged. And I got pregnant. I got knocked up. And when I came home to tell them that, he kicked me out of their lives and disowned me on the spot. Your child will never call me grandfather. You will not be part of this family ever again. That memory used to make me angry and sad and almost, when I was younger, just put me into a rage. Now I look back on it. For years, I've already had the memory ad adjustment that that was his pride my father's pride could not handle in his life that I would embarrass. See, for him, it was about him. It wasn't about me. This was all about him. He was embarrassed that his Christian daughter 
for his little good, goody two-shoes angel, his princess had done this. And he had done it to him. It wasn't his life falling apart. It was my life falling apart. I was 21 years of age, pregnant, and disowned. Um, now what do I do? So I know, you know, I carried on, but it was about him. So I don't look back in those memories with anger like I used to. Now I look back on those memories and go, ah, okay, well, that I needed to learn that lesson. These are the things that made me the very independent and strong woman I am today because I had to learn to rely on myself. My sister, you know, was married at 19, has never lived anywhere but on my parents' 20 acres. She lives in her in a bubble that is supported completely by my parents' money and the family business. She is aware of this. She's cognitive and knows nothing else okay she maybe had lessons she's got a very supported life and maybe there was a reason for that that she she needed that to do whatever she had to do in life not my place not my life my life needed i needed to get strong i needed to be strong i i had things i needed to learn to get to this point of what the next whatever now until i've got left on this earth uh to give back to teach to coach to help and I wouldn't have anything to teach you if I hadn't gone through, through those things myself. So those memories now when I bring them forward, which isn't very often because I mean why, but I've been playing with it because I wanted to see what emotions were at attached to them anymore and they're just simply not there for me anymore. They really and truly do not bring up the feelings of the anger and everything like it used to because it's not what I believe any longer. I believe I needed to go through those things for my growth and my lessons to be learned. Life is for me. It is does not it is not done to me. Time is not a line. It is a ocean into which I exist. Therefore, I can go out and play in the water and come back to the boat. And maybe there's a point at time where I will believe that there isn't even a boat. I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> but I'm sure some of you out there are. Okay, so think about just some of those things for the next little bit. It will help you in dealing with what's going on in the world around you right now. Detach, observe, practice. Read Eckhart Tolle's uh, uh, in the, Being in the Now. In the now, now is in the title. You, honestly, you can't miss him. Eckhart Tolle. That book put me on my start of this, you know, continuing jump start, though, of this journey of my life a couple years back. I am now reading Waking Up in 5D with um, Maureen St. Germain. And then in between all of that, you know, I studied the Habits books and Limitless by Jim Quick. I'm always reading something, guys. I'm terrible with names. So usually if I recommend as I'm reading and I'll go through some points and salient stuff, but then it's sort of like, what was the name of that author again? I'm great with faces. And all of these little awakenings, all of these little awarenesses will help you. Emotions follow thoughts. If you can believe that and accept that, then you can go to work on the rest of it. Have a great day, everyone, and I will catch you on the flip side. We really hope you enjoyed this episode of Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda. Stay connected with us directly through livingwellwithshell.com. You can also join the discussion on Twitter at livingwellwithshell and Instagram at www.instagram.com slash livingwellwithshell. 
If you would like to speak with us, please send us an email through Shelley at livingwellwithshell.com. And as always, thank you for pushing your mindset towards a better reality. This concludes the most thought-provoking portion of your day. Thank you. And remember, willpower will only get you so far if you don't have a plan.